everyone, and welcome to the show. I'm Martin Willis, your host, and we have another great show for you this evening. Uh, coming up, we have Randall Nickerson. He's going to be talking about all sorts of things, not just the aerial uh, phenomenon, the film that he worked for over 14 years on, but we are going to actually go into that somewhat and see some of the stills, these wonderful stills that he took uh, progressively through the, the uh, journey in Africa and some very interesting people. He's going to talk about that, that he spoke with. They're sort of offline about their UFO encounters. And I find that very fascinating myself going different places. And when the su subject of UFOs comes up, it's amazing. Some of the stories that you hear um, that will never be heard elsewhere. And that's actually what I'm doing my talk on at Shag Harbor coming up on October 1st is really the unknown encounters. I'm pretty excited about uh, going up there and doing that talk. Uh, so in the news, uh, this came out, this is an opinion piece, keep that in mind. But um, this came out, I believe it was today. And this is about uh, Congress implying, again, it's an opinion piece, but Congress implies UFOs have non-human, have non-human origins. Uh, anyway, uh, so check that out, that's on the Hill. I can uh, link that as well in the show notes. And uh, so uh, our blog this week is called, um, it's by Charles Lear, as usual, UFOs and PSYOPs. It's about the um, MK Ultra, the mind control, the CIA, all the stuff that they did back in the 60s and 70s. I think it was the 70s mostly where they did that type of thing. Another fascinating blog by uh, Charles Lear. Also, he makes those into an audio blog every week. So you can listen to those on YouTube uh, with some images or that goes out in our podcast feed. Thank you so much for supporting the show for all of you that do. Thank you all for listening. Anyone can support the show. All they have to do is go over to podcastufo.com and you'll see the link on the top menu, support the show for like $2 or more per month. You can really help us out. Our uh, membership has dropped, and it would be nice if uh, we could get more into the black a little bit. So anyone that would feels like helping out, sure could. But if you can't do that, I understand. Um, and again, like I said, I do appreciate all listeners. So here we go. Randall, welcome to the show. Hi, Martin. Thanks for having me again. Uh, always it. great to see you, Randall. And, and I, I thought what we could do is we could sort of get the... Um, the elephant in the room done with. <laughs> and that is, uh, you know, I, I would like to, for you to talk about, I know you can't name the streaming um, service, but we can say it's one of the largest streaming services. And I, I think you were really handed, um, well, I don't want to say a bag of you know what, but I think you were treated very poorly. And I'd like for you to, I'd like for people to know about that. So that's one of the reasons I wanted you on this evening. And we won't end the show in a negative way, but I'd like for you to talk about that so we can just know more about it. Um, yeah, I'm not not someone to really want to harp on the the negatives when the film is so good; it's been rated so well. Um, but yeah, we had I was working with uh, for almost two years with uh, three separate entities, um, and they all knew it was great. You know, no question. And we proved it by launching it ourselves in this sort of beta uh, way that we launched um, and getting the reviews that were there. Um, but I, I really, you know, there are P 
people involved who are going to make going to make the people I was involved with are making the the a very similar film as we speak. Um, and they I basically, I, I don't want to talk for you, but they basically took all your information and your idea and decided they could do it themselves and save themselves some money and make some more money. Correct. That's basically it. That's pretty much it. And this is after you spent 14 hard years going mm -hmm. all over the world. And, and then during, during the process of uh, dealing with uh, different people for, for this project, it was no big, it was no small deal. They, these were all big people. Um, I, I can't out of pocket. I had to pay 40 grand. I didn't get that back during that time. So I, it actually cost me money. But, and then when it, when it all went down, I'm like, what are they? They all knew it was a winner. There was no question about that. Everybody on the crew, uh, on their side, all knew that. Um, did they want it? They wanted to cut it down though. Right. Or something like that. Didn't they want to shorten it? And no. it Oh, okay. That was a rumor I'd heard. They I didn't hear it from you. They wanted to add um, some people that had nothing to do with the story, to be honest. So they just wanted to change things around, basically. Yeah. Take the and, guts and out of it. And, and um, as far as I remember in talking with you about this all the way along, you said you, you didn't want anything changed. Well, it was open to changes, but changes that actually had to do with the story. You know, like the whole idea of the film was to have the witnesses, the people that were involved, tell the story, not me, you know, like, yes, yeah, the very people who were there firsthand to tell the story, nobody else. And th that's where I would have drawn a line. But, you know, of course, you can have all kinds of little tweaks and changes. And I was fine with that. But the people uh, that were they wanted particularly to add, I felt like there was no. um value so are they the one thing that i thought was extraordinary about your film was the john mack footage are they going to is this streaming platform going to have access to that footage um i wouldn't be surprised i mean there's certain things that i have licensed for quite a bit of time under uh um exclusivity um but is it like the John Mack Foundation, for instance? Do they do they own a lot of the rights that they can lease yes. or, or license out to them? Correct. Correct. And money money changes everything when they throw you throw money at things. It really does. Yeah. Um, you know, I don't know if a lot of people know this, but fourteen years, like I, my budget was a million dollars. That didn't show up, you know, immediately or anything. I had to work for every penny of that, and every person that. And the people that are the unheard people are the people that made investments, donations. You know what I mean? Um, and let me just. Uh, people, those people, oh, go ahead. I'm just putting this up for the people watching on YouTube, Netflix and Twitch right now. Here's a picture of you early on. <laughs> just to this, show people you've been at. You were at this for 14 years. You know, this is the. Martin, this was the the I this was the picture I took of myself in 2008, the right as I'm walking out the door to go to Africa. Oh my God! This is it. It's the only picture that exists of of the time I left. 
<laughs> and I'm like, I got to get a shot of myself. And I, all I say is, and it's video too. It's like, here we go. Uh, that's something. <laughs> was, yeah. an, oh my God, look how old I am now. <laughs> well, unfortunately the time just ticks on, but, uh, so the you know the budget kind of thing like I owe an enormous amount of money to people that made the film possible, you yeah. Know? And uh, I thought we'd have it all these contracts, all these negotiations would work out fine. That's the way it was portrayed to me. Um, but, but that's so, the case, and that's why I'm speaking up because th there's money owed to crew, money owed to um, you know people that hold rights. There's money owed to investors, like people that put huge money into helping me, helping helping make this film possible. Um, and I will fight for that. You yeah. know, I may not fight for my own money, but I'll fight for others, other people's money that they put into this. No question. So, right. I and mean, so I I'll talk about this, but also it's like I I'm also actively doing something and will continue to when I see something that that off off the mark in my opinion so did you have at some point in your negotiation did you feel as though uh what, there was a shift um where like okay now all of a sudden they wanted to bow out and is i mean how did all that happen and 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 them all of a sudden decide that how did you find out that they decided to make their own aerial film we, we all we all I mean, it was full on go. And then all of a sudden we had a meeting, you know, a Zoom meeting with, geez, at least a dozen people. Uh, we'd already been going for eight months together. Everybody was super excited. And all of a sudden some somebody upstairs came down and and canceled the call. And uh, everybody, everybody's on the payroll or not me, but every single person. And it was making huge money for that meeting. And they they cut that meeting off. And then I got on the phone. I'm like, what's what's going on? And um, they said, we cut it. And I'm like, well, what's what's the reason? And then that was really telling. There was no reason. There was no reason. And so, then I again, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I called like, guys, you, you got to give me uh, some kind of reason. Like, was it creative? Was it, you know, what was it? Like, whatever it is, I wanted to hear the truth of what that was, but they couldn't speak it because I don't think that's what it was. You know, I don't think it was something that was wrong with, A, the, the film. I mean, they knew it was a winner. Everybody that worked on it knew. And then, you know, the other thing it could have been was me or people I was working with. Well, all they had to do was say that. They did not. So, um, and then we went on to another major, major studio that is the largest one on the planet. I'll just say one of the largest ones on the planet. And they were also interested and kind of the same thing happened. And then I ran into, you know, everybody's wasting my time essentially in the film's time. And that's why I had to launch on my own. Cause I was going to run, my rights were going to run out. Oh, I see. And oh, oh, you're right. I understood that. And yeah. then I realized, oh, yeah, no, 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 that ain't going to happen. So I had to launch on my own. So you have rights up to a certain point, And then after that, you lose those rights. And that means that the film couldn't be launched if you waited another year. Correct. Whew. Boy, mm -hmm. that's a lot of pressure in a lot of yeah. different ways. Yeah, and man. 
So someone somewhere, let's just devil's advocate somewhere in the upper management said, hey, this is a really cool idea. Well, hey, instead of uh, instead of paying out this money, we can do it for X and mm -hmm. uh, do it our way and whatever we want to do. So, and, and, you know, that's something I don't know if people are aware of people in the film industry are, uh, you know, most of like all the big name streamers that like they're not taking documentaries anymore, you know, hmm. uh, they'll take it, but they have to have their creative input into it. Right. They have to, they have to essentially own it. I mean, that's really what's going on. You can talk to a lot of documentary filmmakers. Amazon stopped taking independent documentaries, you know, because anyway, you can look all this stuff up, but the, the business has changed. Not that these things haven't happened, but the business models of streamers has gone through quite a different change. And um, it's very hard to make your own film and get it out there without having influenced, you know, influences from the big boys. I and to me, to me, I got to tell you, to me, that is censorship. That's I hate. I know that's a big word to say, but when when you can't do a movie and it's great without somebody else stepping in to make their changes for whatever reason that to me don't make sense. That is. Uh, that is. Um, control. Yeah. Well, in control of whatever message the film is saying. I spoke with another filmmaker that um, that we all know, and I just don't have his permission to say, you know, but basically uh, a major streaming platform basically told him that um, they would have all the rights to all the footage for 10 years. And he bowed out because he didn't want to be constricted in any way like that for 10 years is a long time long to time. not be able to have access to your own property basically and so he left he left he he walked out of that deal and maybe that's part of the changes you're talking about that have happened is that yeah, yeah and i've i've talked to some people on the inside of some friends that are on on another streaming platform which is actually doing really good right now but i think it's partly because of their attitude and their attitude is you know, if you screw the, the little filmmaker, they're never going to take their stuff to you. Yeah, they won't. Sure. And, and the way certain people have been practicing that I've run into. Yeah, they'll never see me again. And I won't speak a good word to any of my filmmaker friends about it because I want to warn them. Yeah, I don't want them to go through what I went through. Yeah. Well, Dean Alioto, a mutual friend of ours. Um, he's, he's out there. I'm hoping he's, um, he's listening right now. I know he is, <laughs> mm -hmm. but, uh, uh, you know, he's out there with his, his film now and, you know, in the process of, of some, some of the work he's done and yeah. Um, you know, I mean, I don't, I, I always, I, I, I would kind of like to think, wow, why don't all these guys get together and make a movie? Like, I love that. The, the, the big three. I'd love it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You could, you could really uh, kick butt out there. Mm -hmm. I think yeah. so. There's enough yeah. of us and we're all so different and our interests and knowledge about the, the, this, this topic are, are it's yeah. a lot, a lot of knowledge there. Yeah. And yours goes way, way back for years, but um, long before you ever got involved 
in, in this. And uh, I'm going to bring up some of the stills, but uh, first of all, before I do that, how is the film doing? I just got a notice the other day. You just dropped the price, uh, putting it out there again. And so you can get it for 14 For those of you who have not watched it, um, to me, it's an amazing film. I've watched it several times. I love it. Um, it's uh, this, in my opinion, as I've said many times in the show, I, I consider this one of the top encounters. I always say it's my top number one or, or two of because of all of the credibility it has with these children that have, you know, grown up now, they're in their 20s, and uh, the the drawings right from the beginning, uh, and then John Mack going out and interviewing them a few weeks later, the BBC guy, I'm trying to remember his name, uh, got out there. Yeah. Uh, it's just all so, so good. And I've had three or four of these people on my show, and you know, their accounts of what happened is just totally, totally blows, blows me away. And the consistencies that they have. Some people say, well, the crafts look different. The people, you know, the beings look different. But, you know, here they are kids. They're just drawing from their, their memory. But I, the best part about it, the best part, one of the best part, in my opinion, of that whole thing is the teacher making them go in and draw pictures right away. I think that was brilliant. Mm -hmm. And uh, we probably wouldn't have the case you probably wouldn't have the film you have if That's, it wasn't for that. And I that was Cynthia Hines' suggestion to be on to 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 the headmaster to have the kids draw. Um, you know, people that say that you gotta realize like when they were doing these drawings, they were all different ages, they were all different uh <laughs> that was me and Judy. Uh all different ages, all different you know, so and their art was all completely different their perceptions right mm -hmm. so they drew whatever they in their own mind saw but the problem is everything they saw was strange right right draw it a certain way had to do with their skill you know and yeah. and really what the key is to this whole thing is body language during testimony yes mm -hmm. so i've got you know there's somebody working on that right now like for a paper which is fantastic because somebody that's a professional in this particular thing about, you know, things where you see where deception and, you know, different types of body language tell you. That's um, right. And yeah. very subtle things. It's down to a math, you know, and. Oh, it's down to the way you, <laughs> I'm in the middle of a, a course. I've been taking a body language course. Um, it, it just because yeah. I thought it was fascinating and I'm, a, I'm, I don't know, part way through the courses it, it is really fascinating what people do. You look, first of all, you, you look for a base, like what someone normally does when they're telling like a story uh, of something that you know that is true, truthful. And then um, um, it's just, it's quite amazing. There's one on, I'm not gonna talk about it too much, but there's one on Bob Lazar that's really fascinating. Mm. So, and, and what, they've, what they've done with that. And uh, I'm not gonna give any spoiler alert on that. People can look it up themselves. But, cool. I like that yeah. stuff. Yeah, yeah. So that that's great. And so, did do you know how many of the kids actually went with the streaming platform and and to remake their own version of your movie? Three, three of them. Okay. So that's. I mean, I feel a little better about that. It's not like you know, twelve of them or something. Well, there may have been at the scene. I don't know. 
I mean, I'm yeah. only, I can only hear, you know, what people share with me. Yeah. Um, yeah. But same idea. Yeah. Take the witnesses back to where it happened. Yeah. Well, if they, if they don't have access to John Mack's film, again, I think that was such an important part of the movie. And it yeah. because I it agree. Was, with that. Yeah. I, I mean, there's, uh, probably he was probably one of the best people to interview those children in the entire world at I the agree. time he interviewed them. I agree. He, he, he went farther than anyone else and that, that, that was his contribution to that really. Right. Right. But the yeah. film is, is doing, is it's doing okay. I consider this the beta phase cause I realized, you know what, <laughs> there's not going to be any, I've been to, on and off the phone with, you know, producers and Netflix, uh, sorry, not uh, network people. And, um, you know, I just, found that was a Freudian slip by the way. Uh, yeah. And, um, so I'm, I, uh, I, I'm going to start doing uh, theatrical, uh, releases and one here in October, uh, LA as soon as possible down in Hollywood. So I can put it right in your yard, uh, Boston and then New York. And, yeah. uh, and I know the one you have coming up, you're not really announcing it, but it's, uh, but I hope to attend that. And it's um, not Great. far from where I am right now. Yeah. So, and these are three theatrical releases. Um, and to me, I'm, that's what I want to do. I want to see this film in a theater. In you a theater. You have a great soundtrack. You have, uh, I mean, the, the filming um, is just remarkable. And the little subtle things that you put in here and there um, and that you put in through editing are just absolutely fantastic. Yeah. And in a theater, we did screen it before, uh, you know, just to see how it looked in a theater with crew and a few friends and, oh my gosh, the, just the sounds and all the different sounds, you really hear it. Uh, and it's a different experience. And when you're sitting in a big room with, you know, at that time it was 12 people, but when we got finished with that movie, there were three people in tears. Yeah. That's for real. So yeah. I'm really excited to see, uh, you know, we did so many test screenings and, but it's going to be interesting to see a packed house and see how the audience um, takes it in, what, it, what, how it affects them. You know, that's what makes me curious. Oh yeah. Yeah. Here's a, here's a question up here from in Indie Syndicate Productions. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, so he wanted me to ask you about your Rotten Tomato score. And by the way, if you've watched this film and you feel like I do, Please do go to Rotten Tomatoes and and um, and read a review, uh, write a review on that. I mean, that's the biggest reward of all, you know, is your ratings. And on Rotten Tomatoes, it's been between ninety percent and a hundred ever since it came out. Yeah, IMDb, it's been over nine. It's been, I think, it's at eight point nine right now. But I don't even watch movies, you know, that are that high because they they don't exist. There are very few that exist that are in that category. Yeah. So that's like, to me, the greatest reward, no matter what's going on with all this is like, no, it's good. We did yeah. our, did my work. Our, my crew did my work. My investor investors did their work. The ones that are owed a lot of money. Um, you know, so I, I feel it's kind of weird to feel pride in, I'm sure everybody on my team feels the pride of it, but there's just the reward isn't there, you know? And not the reward to make millions of dollars, the reward to pay everybody for what they did. Yeah. <laughs> really, yeah. that's really what it is. It's like my crew. I mean, I had crew volunteer. I'm like, I can't pay you. 
I'll let's start, you know, and I, there are, there are several people on my crew who did it out of heart, not out of money. And I, and I swore to, and it's dot, you know, I did legal things on on paper, say you will get this money period. Mm -hmm. Uh, Um, and that may take me, who knows, depends on what happens. But, uh, if it takes me years to do that, I, it'll take, have to take years. So, so people don't understand it's not just me or it's not just the film. There's a whole bunch of people behind this, you know, that have sacrificed. That's right. Here's a question someone's asking, you know, I I think, uh, you actually did speak with James Fox or wondering why you didn't get advice from James Fox about uh, these things that you're talking about, but you and James did talk about this. Yeah, we did. Yeah. Uh, well, you know, uh, he had similar issues like all of us. Yeah. You know, That's right. Yeah. So, <laughs> I mean, yeah. what's, what's interesting is this is a coming breaking story, right? That's kind of in its infancy and God, those poor people back in the 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s, who also did what we're doing, which is try to try to say, hello, what something's going on here. Um, but there's just no question at this point, the relevance of these films and the films to come are, are important, not just to important to our society, important to our world, you know? Mm-hmm. No. And I think the world is more open to actually, I mean, this is really good. I know your film took forever to make and people were complaining forever (laughs) about how long it was taking. I was getting, I think I was telling you, I was getting like an email a week for a long time. So that means you were getting 50 emails a week. When's your film coming out? When's your film coming out? When's your film coming out? And you must've got tired of hearing that. And I remember when it was post-production and you were trying to sell it. And that was, was that two or three years? Oh yeah, that was a good three years. Yeah, yeah, and that's a long time to be in that phase of it. Long time, long time. Um, even though we were in in negotiations with different people, I mean, we were. I was still my crew, Chris, Rick. We were, you know, we were still like, hmm, how can we make this better? You know. So during that process, we were still working, but it did delay us a lot. We would have been done. You know, people give you hope. There's ways people um, um, tag you along, you know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you wait and you wait and you just and finally you realize, oh yeah, that's exactly what they want you to do. <laughs> so you're not doing anything else. And then you know, at this point, it's like, yeah, no, that ain't happening anymore. I remember yeah. when you were in the editing process and you and I were talking, and that was so much. I lost your going audio. in and out. Is my right. microphone going just, in and out? You're back. It was just a crinkle. All right. I'm going to try plugging it somewhere else. You're fine now. How's that? Yeah. We're good. Okay. Here's another question here. Someone wanted to know, uh, will there be a DVD? And if so, will there be extras on it? Absolutely. And what's the... Any ideas? Do you have any ideas in a year or something like that? Any, any ideas on DVD? I think once we, I think we once we um, do the theatrical launches and get enough to get out of the hole, so to speak, um, mm-hmm. then that'll be a no-brainer. We'll start selling them, put the DVD together um, with all the extras, which there's a lot of, 
And then the making of, which is a whole nother project, but that's also going to be very interesting because of what happened during the making, not just on that level, but you know, the things that happened in, in Africa were um, absolutely fascinating and dramatic. And, you know, it's just an interesting film just on that level, but that, that'll, that, you know, That'll be an interesting film as well. But yes, for the DVDs, we were definitely going to have extras. And um, there's just a lot more information people don't even know about that a lot of people have never seen, to be honest. And these right. are a lot, a lot of the interviews of the kids when they were younger. Um, this you can only that's right. Much in the movie, you know? That's right. What's and, um, you know, I mean, the, go ahead. Go ahead. No, go ahead. One of the things I wanted to do in the beginning was just play the archival from beginning to end. Hmm. Oh, that I mean, would be something. I mean, it's interesting, but it's not a story. But it is a story. But I mean, the power of seeing these kids talk about this over a long period of time, just let the tape run. You know, that's how I was yeah. thinking for a good 20 minute section. I just wanted to let the tape run. But again, I got advised not to do that. Um, but there's tons of that material hmm. and it speaks yeah. volumes. I bet. I bet. Yeah. So I, I would love to in the DVD um, to um, there's no question there's going to be a lot of extras. Yeah. Right. Now, this question of uh, this person, I believe, has not seen your film. They want to know where they may be able to see the movie soon on streaming. You can stream and you can stream it right now. It's uh, go to aerialphenomenon.com, right? Isn't that where it is? Yes, it's on aerialphenomenon.com. When you click that rental thing, it goes to Vimeo. So Vimeo is is our platform, you know, so to speak for now. Um, you know, we're on the line with, with Amazon right now. We could launch any day with Amazon. But again, there are complications with that, which it's not um, not OK. Well, um, I and, was and I don't mean, get anyway. Well, I'm a little bit excited to hear about Amazon that that'll just open up all over the world and um, you know, about any movie you want to watch, you can find on Amazon and just pay the rental fee, you know, be it, be it a different fee than, you know, you're, you're talking about normally. Correct. Um, it gets a little more complex than that. Um, but I know it's, that's why it's, it's a button push right now. Yeah. But there are other uh, reasons that, that need to be, uh, openly talked about and we have not had that conversation yet and it needs to happen or we're not going to do it. So I see. Yeah. We'll do it another way. We'll go the, we'll go, we'll go around a different way to do it. But I mean, it's just complicated. People have no idea <laughs> like yeah. the business to all that goes on and um, all the things you never expected to have to do. Yeah. Yeah. You sure find out when it's uh, when uh, in your face, yep. Woo, either deal yep. with it or you walk away. That's right. I was at a, uh, cranberry bog down here in the Cape yesterday. Yeah. And I was listening to this organic uh, cranberry bog and I was listening to the work they put in. And I said to the woman, I said, did you have any idea it was this much work when you started, when you get here? And she shook her head, no way. You know, it's like when pe if people only knew how much work was going to be in something, would they, would they have started it? <laughs> you never would have started it. Yeah. I, my first grand piano I rebuilt, I was like, yeah. Yep. Four yeah. years later, <laughs> it was done. <laughs> and you know how many times I, I wanted to quit in between? Yeah. 
Yeah. Just say, screw it. I don't want to yeah. do it. Had but, you ever felt that way about this film? Did you ever want to quit? Oh, God, film? yeah. Really? Absolutely. Yeah. Probably yeah. every single year. And what made you keep going? The story. Yeah. The story. Yep. Well, and, the people, and the people involved in the story, they had faith in me. Yeah. You no, know? I couldn't quit for them. You know, the witnesses, the other people in the, the story. Mm -hmm. That was what kept me going. Cause, and I did. Like, there were times where I just, like, I got to stop for a month. Yeah. And just gather my thoughts and, and rest. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, go to the next process was a lot of times was I got to raise money so I can do this. Yeah. yeah. And then get that done. It was like, great. And then you come up to another mountain and uh, got to deal with whatever that mountain is. And, you know, the thing I didn't really expect uh, so much was when it got into like, oh yeah, we got to do legal things here. Yeah. Lawyers. I'm like, geez, man. Yeah. Expensive. Yeah um contracts all that stuff i didn't want to do i wanted to do it right you know completely but i had to get a little bit of a legal education <laughs> which yeah. I, that was never on my list ever but, i don't think i don't think anyone would start a film thinking about any of that in the beginning it seems like you know just this exciting venture that you're gonna you know get involved with and i don't think the legal aspect really people think of that too much yeah um, you know more towards the end. Yeah. You know, it started off for me like creatively. I just came off a 20 minute film. I had, I was shooting another film that I was, uh, had already shot all the footage. And then Ariel came along because of Dominique, Kellen Anopolis. Oh, yeah. After she saw my 20 minute film, she's like, Do you want to do something about this? And I said, Absolutely. So I started right away on that. Um, and I was thinking creatively, like, oh, I'm gonna, I want to tell this creative story about, you know, this event. And then within a short time, it was like, wait a second, no, I have to be an investigator, like, yeah. like an investigative journalist, because I've got questions, and mm -hmm. I'm sure as hell not going to put out a film unless I answer those questions for myself. So then, <laughs> the next like five, six years, it was all about digging and taking, you know, not being creative whatsoever, just doing facts. Mm -hmm. testimony and then i had to go back to being a, a creative person it was a very odd journey uh and then i was like wow yeah this is kind of how, how i started and then once you get into the editing then then you can 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 get back to oh making a movie from this stuff it's already been vetted and looked at in every possible manner and now i can take what i know is true and and put it into the film and uh, and then kind of in that process, it's like, who owns that footage? Oh, yeah. No, we got to talk to that person. <laughs> and then we got to have a contract. And then we got to, you know, the whole everything yeah. becomes uh, paperwork in a lot of ways. Once the creative process is, yeah. is solid and it's just it's uh, not what I expected. Now, Dominique, um, she I know she was with John Mack uh, when when he went to Africa. Uh, yeah. yeah. And did she help you along the way or was it just, in, did she kind of like give you the, you know, the suggestion and, and help you get started? Uh, she held a few fundraisers for me in the beginning that were extremely helpful 
to get to get me off the ground to get over to Africa, you know, at in 2008 to 2009. Uh, yeah, over the years, she's been very helpful. Um, she hasn't been like part of the crew or anything, but you know, yeah. as far as a, as she, you know, she also um, put me in contact with somebody who was very helpful on the financial end. Oh, that's good. Yep. Yeah. And, and thank God for that woman. Cause yeah. I, um, I reached out to her years ago, trying to get her on the show. She was not really interested in talking about, about it at the time. But, yeah, I think once it goes real mainstream, because she's got a, every, you know, we all have our businesses and what we're yeah. doing. And she has a, she has an occupy, a professional occupation. Correct. Right. Yeah. So I understand. Uh, here's something I, I don't exactly know when the new UFO footage will be released and from what country it's from. Do, do you understand that question? Mm hmm. It was a mistake I made during an interview. Ah. <laughs> I think I heard about this. I heard about this. Okay. Yeah. Someone alerted me to this. not have mentioned. Um, so I can't say anything. I should have okay. never said anything and it's not whatever. Yeah. You screw up when you're on live TV and uh, or live, um, yeah. you know, and it's, it's just something that was my bad. Like I shouldn't have even said it. Said it. Yeah. And you know, when you know a lot of things like about other things, uh, it's on your mind a lot and it can slip out. That's sure. what I'm wondering by doing interviews is like, ah, uh, yeah, you got to put that in the closet. You mentioned that there's certain things that I could mention yeah, that aren't going to be beneficial for me. Yeah, I understand. Yeah. And that definitely can happen. I've, I've, uh, yeah, I, so sorry, I, I, I I've had something similar happen before. I'll put it that way. Yes. I think, yeah. Yeah, sure. Like you all do or anybody that's, you know. Yeah. When you're live a lot of times. Yeah. Can you, can you clarify if the children drew that day or days later? Wasn't it that same day no it was days later well it may have been a few people in that first day but they sat them down on monday morning and when was the sighting friday Friday. yeah so they had the weekend that's too bad they didn't do it right away but that is well, pretty fresh was a time thing there too like you know the, they all went home that day around one o'clock so the incident oh. was at 10 30 it was a commotion 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 and then they all had to go home so there wasn't really time for them to do that and and the teachers were like eh, nah, you know yeah <laughs> they didn't, didn't think you know those kids had to go home over that weekend or that day and tell their parents right and the parents called the school to tell them they need to take this seriously because my child is <laughs> telling me this story that makes absolutely no sense to me. And it was the parents that, that really made it, uh, made the school take it seriously. Wow. That's, that's, that's actually mm -hmm. great. Really. It's yeah. true. Yeah. I saw that in your film where John Mack is up there in front of the, the parents and talking. And that was, uh, I had never seen that before. And that was really something. Yeah, yeah. that's a rare piece of footage. I'm yeah. So glad we found it. So glad. Yeah. Um, but yeah, um, there's a lot to this story for sure. Um, Here's another uh, question. Any chance of this in the San Francisco Bay Area? The screening? After LA? Probably. I would love to do that, actually. I, I think I'm going to have to take it on the road. Yeah. Well, anyone listening to this show, if you have any connections 
and you think you can help Randall, please do get a hold of me and I'll, I'll connect. I'll connect people. I appreciate that. Yeah. Cause we're, you know, it's at the point where it's like, you know what, I'm going to have to sling this over my shoulder and carry it around wherever yeah. I need to. Here's, here's someone along those lines asking this. I think the promotion could be more mainstream. What is your marketing strategy? <laughs> I don't know if you want to address that or not. But. Well, I know. I mean, it's been a big problem um, because, you know, most films like this, their marketing budget is 350000 400000 that's just for marketing. It shocked me, but I oh get. Oh my god! Oh wow! Yeah, and and the big films like the the film I was working with when all this went down, their their budget was two million for promotion. Oh my god! Yeah, and that's how you get a world. You know, that's how you see it in the taxi. That's how you see it on the billboards. See the commercials, all that. That's where all that money goes. So I never had that, and I definitely don't have the money to do that. Um, unfortunately I have hired, uh, promotionalists that, uh, one so far and, um, I have my eyes out, but we just don't have the resources to pay for what's actually necessary. What about, um, any of these indie film festivals? Is there, is that something you can even do? Is it, would that, would it fit the criteria? Yes. Uh-huh. Is that something you would ever consider? A lot of these kind oh. of do a soft launch through that, right? Well, we're yes, exactly. And that is another avenue. We tried that three or four years ago when nobody, this was before 2017, um, you know, the December 2017. And then uh, nobody was interested. And then now a lot of people are interested. We're submitting now. So, yeah. No, we, we you and I have talked many times about how so many things have changed in the last few years and, and uh, you know, how people are, there's still stigma. There's still a stigma, but yes, people are. It's going to take years. It's going to take it, years. It will. There's a lot of questions in, in chat. Um, and I do thank you all for uh, posting all these questions. I'll try to get, um, let's see, I'll try to get some of these up that Randall can uh, address uh, people are having website. They're not able to. Oh, do you know anything about this particular thing? I don't. No, we're going to look at, he's going to look into that. If there's any, uh, maybe, maybe the millions of people watching the show right now are trying to watch. <laughs> uh, I, that I, was a joke. That is a joke. Yeah. Um, sorry. I think that's important. Um, <laughs> I, I'll, I'll, I'll remind you of it after the show. We'll, okay. but, uh, here's one now. Do you have any idea what these visitors were up to? No. None of us do, really. Not really. I mean, the fact that they, um, from the witnesses themselves, that these, this, these things approached a group of children on a playground, that to, in that, you know, that's what I do know is like, wow, what was that? Was that curiosity? I mean, what was that about? I've had people say maybe their um, craft had had some mechanical issues. Uh, maybe it was the uranium mine, which was in within two miles of the school. Um, I don't know. Your guess is as good as mine, but there are some possibilities there. Well, I, I personally wonder if it's the children the, that are that because there's so many of these school yard sightings all over the world 
you know, and I, I did, I know you said you had like 30,000 emails to get to, but I, I remember I sent you an email with a, a woman that had a South African experience um, back in, I think in the seventies, you know, mm -hmm. and, but all over the world, these school children, these are, these are humans that can be influenced and, and changed. Um, you know, I mean, they're open, they're open-minded at that age. A lot of people are, you know, I mean, like, oh, what's this? This is interesting, that type of thing. And not like, oh my God, you know, there's, uh, so I think there, I, I think there may be a reason that it, the reason may be that they are children. You know, I, I agree with you. I've had that thought a lot. It's like, how are you going to influence the future when you know the future's in trouble? You go to the kids. Right. Because they're going to yeah. grow up with those images that were projected into their heads and knowing that that's going to happen and they're going to make changes. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if that's the case, but it's definitely one of the big, uh, one of the top things that I think about when I think about why kids and, and, but that does make sense. And um, I think it might've been our friend Dean that said, did you notice they didn't give them a solution? They just showed them, you know, they are the solution. <laughs> kids are the solution. But yeah. yeah, no, that's very true. Like, well, if you're going to tell us about it, what are you going to do? What are you doing about it? You know, exactly. You know, that kind of thing. Now I'd like for you to, I'd like to shift gears a little bit, Randall, but, uh, we can, of course, go through these really interesting pictures. This, ah, person, wow, this um, was the, this was the father of one of the um, groundskeepers who witnessed uh, what happened in 1994. This was his dad, and I went to his dad to see if he knew about these other creatures out there. He's a Sangoma, which is a witch doctor. So you know, we you know, a very uh, religious person um, in animism. Uh, and of course the same answer. It's like, yes, we've known about them for a long time. And yes. And, uh, at some point, I know we don't have a whole lot of time left. Sure. I would like to discuss, I'm just going to go through some of these pictures. Um, but I'd like to discuss some of these people that have told you about their own encounters. Sure. And, uh, it is probably none of these, these pictures that I'm sending here. I'm just, cool. can we go back to that other picture there? No, one forward. Right there. Yeah. So this was the moment in December of 2017 when we're all editing. That's Chris, Rick, me. And uh, on TV comes the, uh, the Pentagon release at the end of 2017 in December. Isn't and we all stopped and we're all watching TV. Because <laughs> we're working on a movie about it. And we're like, you got to be kidding me. The, the TV's on commercial right now. But that's why we're all looking at the TV. We're like, are you kidding me? Oh, it was a funny experience. Yeah. Video, I videoed it. I, pull, I, I took video of it. But I, I pulled a still out of the video because it was just a moment. You know, and we're like, what? We're working yeah. on a movie about this and it's on national TV? Yeah. And that's Great. my little player that comes occasionally. Is that in your house in Massachusetts? Yeah, it's right outside the door. Oh, I guess I won't be visiting you there. <laughs> <laughs> and let's see, that's uh, there's my crew. There's your crew Arthur. right there. Yeah, yeah, that's Rick, uh, Rick DeGrease, uh, Chris Seward, uh, Rebecca Rideout, and myself. Oh, yes, Rebecca, I've talked to many times. Uh, yeah, it's a great group of people. Yeah, awesome. Yeah, and Alaska. there you are. Yeah. And so we'll just go through these real quick. And I want you, yeah. if you would, um, 
you know, you can chime in. These are such great shots. And by the way, you have some beautiful African wildlife photography on your website. Just mm. amazing. Yeah, I, I would. So this is this is where I live right here. This is where I'm you live right here. In the middle of this big forest. Yep. Wow. Huge. 800 acres is crazy. It's all owned by the state. But to me, the animals own it. And that's cool. Yeah. And they do. <laughs> this is a picture for all those people that think Earth is flat. I had to go up to 9,000 <laughs> feet above my house. I'm right above my house. And it, I had to go all the way to 9,000 feet with a telescope to shoot Manhattan. That's Manhattan from Massachusetts. Oh, my God. So I'm really like, and you can't see it until you get to a certain altitude, right? Yeah, you just like all I can see Boston from six thousand feet, yeah, with a telescope. But I, and this is in a plane, uh, but I have to go to nine thousand feet because of the curvature of the Earth to shoot Manhattan. I mean, I was this shot was uh, oh my god! It just brought New York uh, and uh, my my life in New York and my life in in the woods close. Huh. interesting. Yeah. Uh, one of my wisdom people, his name is Viva. I hope he's still alive. He was a very important guide to me in Africa. Oh, cool. Wow. What a beautiful shot this is. And for those of you listening to the audio, you can easily, um, you know, switch over to the YouTube, which is um, always in the show links. And this is about at uh, 50, 50, 49, 48 minutes in. And you can see all these great pictures. Where's this whale? That's not uh, Africa. Yeah, that's that's in South Africa. That um, is? Yeah. yeah. Wow. Just happened to be in the right place at the right time with an incredible whale and had the right lens on. Uh, Amazing. Amazing. Yeah, southern right whale. Wow. Uh, that's the Boston shot from 6,000 feet. was the same, but it's the weather was terrible. Yeah. Yeah, these are 550-pound males. Wow. Yeah, they're serious. Anyway, yeah, this is where I learned everything in 2008. <laughs> From this wall, I got all the names of these people. Oh, is that right? So yeah. you got all their names, and then you started the worldwide search for them. Because they yeah. scattered. There was a problem in South Africa, and they scattered, right? Yeah, Zimbabwe had was under, yeah, it was, it was not okay to live there anymore for a long time. Still, it's not great. But, uh... Yeah, that when I stood at this wall was the moment of saying, I can find them. I got their full names, date of attendance, so I know who was there, and that began it. And that was the moment of, like, I can find them. How many, how many of the kids did you actually find? 43. That's amazing. Mm -hmm. And there's tons more out there. I just ran out of time, money, and, you know, there were so many countries I just couldn't – Australia, I couldn't get to – I couldn't get to um, – New Zealand, I couldn't get to Germany. You know, there were so many countries I couldn't get to to interview some of these people because they're all over the place. Now, there is a misconception. They, they're out there everywhere you read about the aerial incident. It'll say 62 school children. It was a lot more than that, but 62 were above uh, the sub-primary level, right? Isn't that what it was? Well, honestly, it was 62 drawings. Oh, that's what it was. Mm-hmm. So it was a lot more kids. Exactly. I see. Exactly. There were two classes that were not allowed, that were, were just kept away from the situation entirely uh, and didn't do any drawings or anything else. But there's, I mean, I interviewed a couple of them and, you know, 
they're actually what they saw is is there's some interesting interviews there. there uh, love, yes. That's my grandfather's 1888 uh, AB Chase grand piano, which I rebuilt when I was 20 years old. Wow. Yeah, it's in my living room. And yeah, my other life, my $10,000 aircraft that I bought um, <laughs> doing spins, which it's rated for, totally legal. Uh huh. But an awful lot of fun. Yep. Yep. I did a little bit of that for a while. Did you? Lessons. Yeah, I took lessons. Great. Oh, yeah. it's such I still a have my logbook. Ah, uh, keep yeah. it. You never yeah. know when you're going to go back. But yeah, it's just a great pers uh, uh, perspective of the world, you know? Right. Not when and you're in this, the, the, this is the school America. right here, isn't it? Aren't we at yeah. the school right here? That's the school. Yep. This the is actually, actually no. This is the this is the area. This is the landing site area, just left uh left and a little further of center, is where that thing came down. I see. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Wow. Which is there, there. There weren't houses there before or anything. This is just an overhead of uh, the aerial school, the playground, and the kids. You know. Okay. Oh, I remember this shot. Uh, <laughs> I remember the scene from the movie. Yep. Yeah, when you're driving in. Wow, <laughs> that's a heck of a camera lens, right there. Yeah, when you do wildlife, you kind of you 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 know you build a hide. You, uh, uh, not all the time, but if you really want to capture something that you know lives in a certain area, you you camouflage your. I'm in a a hide, totally camouflaged tent covered with brush, and. Um, that's what you do. You sit there for an awfully long time. Wow. So we just lost KGRA radio there. Uh, they went off line. I just got a message from Bill over there. And uh, so I didn't, oh. I didn't get a chance to say goodbye to them, but we'll keep going here for a little bit. And uh, this is the, uh, the teachers, right? But isn't this a more of a period shot or is this when you were there? This is when I was there. Yeah. Oh, okay. I see. I see it now. Yes. Our teachers. I see Emily right there. Yeah. It's pretty much the whole school except for Emily. You know, all the people that that work yeah. there, and some just I don't know, man. There was there were some beautiful people there. Ah, uh, mm -hmm. kissing up to a zebra. Yep. Yep. And that looks like Yosemite's half dome. That is. Yep. Yeah. Been there many times. Have you? Yeah. What yep. a beautiful place. It is. It is gorgeous. These are just different shots. Oh, oh yeah. Hey, this one. This is in Zimbabwe after working 18 hours a day for about eight days, and they couldn't get me off the ground. I just went out the lawn and boom. <laughs> I just fell asleep. It oh, was that's great. Funny. Someone but it's not my, you know, it's not a pretty picture, but it, it's the truth. And this yeah. is one of my favorite pictures because this is this is the attitude I had over there and on this project. I was like, all right, let's go. Looks like it <laughs> looks like an Indiana Jones shot. It, it was, yeah. Uh, aerobatics training. Oh, wow. Uh, this is the picture of us getting uh, intercepted by the Zimbabwean special forces because we were shooting at a um, sacred site and we didn't have a permit to do so. Uh oh. And they sent the special forces. <laughs> So I'm sitting in here on the chair. They're telling me what I did wrong and what is going to, you know, oh, my God, what are they going to take us to jail? What are the, you know, we had no idea what was going to happen. They held M4s. I wish you could see the guns. In the picture. But 
they said, no, you need to stay here tonight. <laughs> there was me, uh, Nikki, uh, Chris, and uh, Emily, and we we got into our, our rondavel, our you know very African place we we're staying, and we barricaded the doors. Wow! Because we were like, dude, they're coming in tonight. There's no question. Yeah. <laughs> so we barricaded the doors, and then one of our crew members put all these things between him and the door that someone would have to trip over. <laughs> I mean, it was a story. I mean, I'm glad we got that one picture and Chris took that. That wasn't me. Cause I'm the one in trouble. Um, but yeah, it was just like, we didn't, none of us know, knew what was going to happen that night, but there were several times like that. It's just, it's nice when it gets on camera. Cause you can say, no, it really happened. Yeah. That is scary when you're in a, a place like that. You have no control world country dictatorship military yep. they don't mess around yep yep and uh <laughs> this is chris this picture of me oh my god i was just trying to get a shot didn't have a ladder <laughs> but i had a car i'm gonna assume it's a rental car yeah i had to <laughs> with with scratch marks with... on top yeah wow yeah uh, a friend of mine um oh my god chrissy took this of me I love this shot. I don't know why, but it was it was for it was her who took it. This was in South Africa when I, yeah. Wow, that was my guard. That was your beginning when before you left. This I believe we showed before. This was when we were doing the drone footage. Yeah, the drone. Oh, that's your the drone shot. The drone right there. I yep. see. Yep. He's, he's steering the thing. I'm a directing camera. That's never a good sight. No, that happened. from the. Yeah. Yeah, that was my plane alone. Yeah. yeah, it was just one of those pictures. I'm like, yeah. Oh, Judy. So Judy is the uh, headmaster now? Headmistress, yeah. That's Headmistress. Uh -huh. yeah. Uh -huh. She runs the school. She's a really fantastic woman. And what are these notes you have? Sto right. That's your storyboard right there. Wow. One of our early storyboards, yeah. Yeah. This is great. And this is how you have to start most vehicles in Africa, right? We Close did yeah, we did this so many times because there's no gas station anywhere. Like, you know, you, there's no battery chargers or plugs around. When you get, when you break down and or you stall it or whatever and you, your starter doesn't work, which amazingly a lot of starters do not work over there. So they rely on people pushing it to get it started. And this is what I had to do over and over. That's amazing. That'll keep you in shape. Yeah, it was great. It was cool to be with all these people, you know. Oh, and, I bet. And trying to... Let's okay. We can do this and do it. Yeah. All right. <laughs> yeah. So this so, was. Yeah. yeah there you are again, and <laughs> again. That is just so funny. But uh, that's Ariel right there. That's shooting, Ariel. Right there. The only picture I have of me shooting Ariel from the site, uh, from the landing site area, because I wanted to get their the perspective of whatever that was that you know approached them. It's twenty hours. Yeah. Judy, the headmistress again, her and I having conversations. That's another shot of that. This is early on, as you can tell. That was very early on when I was doing the research in the archives of uh, one of the biggest newspapers in Southern Africa. Yeah. Oh, that must have been interesting. It was very interesting. It was, uh, I mean, you, you can look like they still keep everything in files. Nobody's database or anything. Uh, no microfiche. 
well, there was some, but not not at this particular place. Mm -hmm. There's a shot of Emily looking out toward the school, right? Yeah, I love that shot. Yeah, which <laughs> is in the film. Now, Emily, uh, I, so that's it basically for the pictures. Thank that's you, um, yeah. Paul. So, Emily, um, in the film, for those who haven't watched it, you can really see the emotional toll that this whole thing has taken on her in particular. Mm -hmm. And and are there other people that you have talked to that did not make the film that also have a very emotional? Definitely. Matter of fact, somebody that I could have had in the film, but I do not think it was in this person's best interest to be in the film because of the, the, where they were as a person, you know, with it. Mm -hmm. I do not think it would have been helpful for the, I, for this, I just don't want to name any names, um, this person. So it's like a PTSD type of thing, right? I mean, post-traumatic yeah. stress. Yep. On, and I can understand, I can totally understand why that would be. So for and the compounded by, you know, after the fact, it gets compounded by your family and whether they believe you or not. You that's know? all. Yeah, that that and must be compounded by society for the same reason. Mm -hmm. You know, and what happens is people end up alone with nobody to talk to. And like we were talking about before, about these witnesses that see this stuff and never say anything, except to people they know are working on this subject matter. Right. And so let's talk about that. You told me, you know, briefly that you spoke when you were in South Africa, you spoke to a number of people. And can you discuss some of their stories that they that you were told? Sure. I mean, there's so many. I mean, a lot of them I documented and I've, you know, did audio and video when, when they had a, allow me to. But there was plenty that said, you know, don't tell anybody I told you this and and made that statement after they told me their story of what they saw. But there was one that was very interesting for business, uh, two businessmen and their wives and kids. And they were in um, on the south coast of South Africa and they had witnessed while I was there uh an extremely bright light uh, uh, off into the ocean, right, which, which was right there. I went to the place and they said that light came from under the water. And then all of a sudden, uh, some type of triangular, massive object emerged from the water. Huh. They were stunned and and they watched it. One of them grabbed a pair of binoculars to look at it. You know, they describe it perfectly, you know, perfectly as like the detail that they saw and that thing went up to the cloud deck and then disappeared into the cloud deck. And at the same time was starting to alter its course to South because they were looking toward the East. Um, but this was something that they'll never forget. And they aren't, they weren't into, they, they'd never even thought about that. And their question to me was, I, I would like to know what it was. Yeah. I've never seen anything like that. I don't know where it was from. I've never seen anything do that because it's, he said it just floated silently up to the clouds. That's what I was going to ask you if there was any noise at all. No, no, none. none. And then within, within like five minutes, a small airplane came over the same area, which has made a lot of noise, huh. but they saw this thing kind of float, you know, it wasn't a balloon. They knew that they were looking at it with good, good binoculars. Um, Look, I mean, story after story, it's like, well, 
I mean, it always frustrates me, and I'm sure it frustrates a lot of people. It's like, why is this not um, being discussed? Not because, you know, I, I guess some people think we can't do anything about it. I don't know what it is. You know, they don't want to be embarrassed. They don't think we could do anything about it anyway. That's kind of what I've always thought about the Air Force. They can't do anything about it anyway. So, um, you know, and even now, you don't hear too much from the Air Force, do you? You know, when you hear from the Navy, even, you know, Congress, <laughs> you hear from uh, NASA, but you don't you don't hear too much from the Air Force. And I've always thought, you know, maybe they they just can't say, you know, what's flying in our skies. We have no idea what it is. Maybe they're just it's like a, something that they just feel they can't say if that's what the case is. I think so. Um, but I can tell you for sure that they've had a very big interest that I know. Yeah. Um, but I mean, maybe they'll be the last. I mean, everybody else is they'll, they're going to be forced to speak up at some point. Uh, there's, that's a no brainer. And there's plenty of people that um, have a lot to talk about. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. And um, I, I like someone's idea. Someone on my show said this one time and they said, why not offer like an amnesty? to, you know, pilots, um, you know, from way back, the ones that were just so they can just plain come forward and, and talk about what they know. I think you that know? would be a good idea. Because there's... I think the circumstances, you know, what, regardless of what other people have done in the past, I think the gravity and importance of, of the fact is way more important than any of that. Right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, just the, if it is the announcement that, you know, NASA recently said they're going full bore into the UFO, uh, UAP topic, you know, uh, because before they said they were only, I think they were um, procuring only $100,000 for a study. And to me, that's like, you know, uh, that's like a person's salary type of thing, you know, it doesn't right. make sense. But now uh, th I've it's heard there's a few GoPros up on us on the shuttle or you know on the, on the yeah. rocket. So. That's right. That's yeah. That's putting something up. Yeah, like a grapefruit up into the space. You know, it costs that much, but into the International Space Center. Uh, but anyway, I, mm. I think it's interesting that they're saying that they're going to really look truly into it. I don't know what the details are of that yet. I had a number of people email me um, about that. So I, I think, you know, the plan's pretty, pretty simple from what I see is, you know, expose everybody to the fact that these things are out there flying around. We don't know what they are, but, you know, this, it's going to eventually be very clear that they're not, it's not us. Right. And yeah. then we get to the, then we get to, well, who, who, what's in it? Who's piloting it? Right. That's the next split stage. And then we get to talk about people who have run into them. In, you know, contact. They're never going to talk about abductions or anything like that. I doubt it. Um, but that's kind of the path. A lot mm -hmm. of, you know, and it, it makes sense. You can't, you can't just dump this on people. Like you've got to take them slow. You, it's, this is a bit, it's a big deal. You got to take it slow and um, um, take one thing at a time. And the one thing they're doing now is saying, okay, these things are out there. What are they? Which is a great place to start. Um, I know a lot of people are impatient. Uh, That's right. Yeah. And it's critical that we get on it. I mean, thank God there are the people that there are there who are taking it very seriously. 
And those people like, you know, speak about the Air Force and military. I guarantee you they know what's going on. And um, well, I think they know more of what's going on. Yes. If not exactly what's going on. So I want I want you to address this because I if this is true, I talked to 10 people that watched your movie and they all said they wanted to see all the kids interviews. And that's frustrating to know there is more. Well, you only have a platform of so much time. Yeah, there's like four hours of it. I mean, you know, and I, that was a choice because, you know, we had to get across uh, what we uh, we had to get the story of what happened across and, you know, uh, with what we had. And, and, you know, the other stuff just was more of the well, the same in a way, but also extremely valuable because they're totally different people with to totally different perceptions of it, but there's just, there was no time. But that, you know, I still have the rights to that footage. I'd love to do something much more serious, just about the kids' experience. You know, all of them. Yeah. All of them were documented at the, at the time. And there's all of them. I mean, there's probably at least 60. That's, that's on the archival. Wow. So uh, almost all those kids did an interview. That's great. Even the ones that weren't interviewed at the time mm -hmm. did get interviewed years later. Hmm. Back in 1996, 97. Wow. wow. Anyway, I understand the, the talk. Yeah. yeah. So here's another one. Why, why not go on Joe Rogan? You and I talked about that. Is that Joe was had an interest at one time? Have I don't know. But, I mean, I've, I've had a lot of people. I've had, uh, some pretty famous people contact Joe and like, Hey Joe, what's going on? Like, why aren't you? Yeah. You should, or, you know, do it. And I've had promotion. I've written them. Um, other people have mentioned it. I have no idea. Maybe it's part of his schedule. I know he doesn't talk about this stuff all the time, but there's a lot of people asking me that question now. Like, yeah. why hasn't Joe done this? That would be a really good launching pad for more. So, uh, for more, many Great. more views. Absolutely. It would be yeah. really helpful. It would be. So if anyone out there um, has an interest in helping Randall get this Ariel phenomenon promoted a little more, try to figure out a way to get a hold of Joe Rogan. If or some of you may know how to get a hold of him. And let's get let's get Randall on Joe Rogan's show and get this thing out there more. So uh, this question up here, were there any missing person reports in the area at the time of this incident? That's an interesting yes. question. Do you yes. know? Did you say yes? Yeah. <laughs> Can they you collaborate found, on that? <laughs> well, they found her 24 hours later unconscious. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Is this the one that, that, no, there was someone, I'm thinking was, a whole was, different incident. She was in, she was from the area, not from the school. Uh, and, um, it was one of the things in the investigation that got looked over. You know what I mean? I really wish they followed up further on this, uh, this woman it was a female. Um, but yeah, she was missing. They found her. She was unconscious. Um, I mean, somebody even mentioned it to John Mack at the time, but he, he was just, he, he kind of went like, well, they call this a certain thing when that happens. And I'm like, Oh, no, because <laughs> he was so focused on the kids. He, yeah. what, but that, you know what, what's great is hopefully, that's why I want to get this around more is because 
those people are going to come forward. And, you know, to somebody anyway, if they don't go public themselves. But that's the other thing. Like, that's kind of what I'm waiting for because I don't want to keep talking on. I just I want to get to work. I want to I want the witnesses to come forward. The people that also saw that that aren't even in the movie. Like, that's really what I want is like those people that because this story was it was a, it was not a small event. And it, and it and it touched a lot of people's lives, not just the kids. Um, so mm -hmm. I look forward to that. And once we go, you know, on a big on bigger whatever show, we'll bring in witnesses. We'll do the whole nine yards. But that's what everybody's waiting for. Yeah. You know? mm -hmm. All right. I'll keep talking for a little while until we get to that point. Now, how long did the entire encounter last? Now, this person may not be aware. A lot of people are not aware. There were things going on for days. Correct. Or at least a few days, right? Correct. And there well, was a pilot. A pilot saw something. and Multiple pilots. Multiple pilots. Mm -hmm. So uh, the incident itself. Airline pilots. <laughs> not yeah. just small plane pilots. Yeah. Commercial um, airline. So the, the, uh, the incident itself at the schoolyard, when that uh, class, that period, the recess period was over and they had to go inside, were, were the beings and the craft still out on the yard? I don't think anybody really knew because everybody was in terror running the other way. But as far as time, there was one witness who, who a female, uh, I think she was grade two or three, she said 15 minutes. Mm -hmm. uh, the headmaster also said 15 minutes because it was at John Mack asked him, how long did, was this going on? And he says 15 minutes. Anyway, I have two references to that time period. And it always strikes me every time I think it's like 15 minutes is an awfully long time. You know? Yes. Oh, yeah. I mean, or something like that to go. A lot with. of people will mention encounters that were, you know, in the seconds. Yeah. You know, that lasted well, a whole 30 that. seconds. <laughs> that's a good question good good question whoever that was that was great yeah because it's important stuff like that details like that which i don't really get to talk about too much because that's more the investigative mm -hmm. stage of like okay what'd you find out here what'd you find out there you know yeah. a lot of people just are like oh it's about aliens but it's like no actually i drilled down in every single angle and direction i could to figure out what was going on because i just didn't want to take it as face value you know, wanted mm. to find out what was going on in space, what was going on in the country, what was going on in the on the world, in all different aspects, um, and who are these people? Right. Someone wanted to know if any one of the kids became clairvoyant or had the ability to heal. Do you know anything about that? Anyone ever talk about that that you spoke with? Yes. Oh, and which one? I'm already smiling. I can't say. Which ability? Which ability did they have? Um, like a clairvoyance or healing? Hmm. I would say a little of both, to be honest. Hmm. Yeah. But I, I get. I get. It gets tricky here because I cannot mention anybody's names you know what i mean i get that um but i've had you know there's a lot of experiences i've had with people involved with this and um that were witnesses to this that um that's up to them to speak about 
usually when a film like this comes out and it gets a lot of reach, you start getting con connections. You start getting people reaching back to you saying, hey, look, I was, uh, you know, uh, 50 miles away and, you know, kilometers away or whatever. And I had something happen. Has any of that happened with you? Yes, it happened. It happened in the beginning. You know, once I first started to when um, I was doing when I got on a few radio shows in South Africa, thank you to Nikki Carter. Um, that's when I started getting those phone calls about because you know, I was calling for witnesses on the radio stations over there. Was anybody there? And then I started getting calls, emails and calls um, of other again, a lot of interviews that are not in the movie. Mm -hmm. uh, relevant like with exactly within 25 50 miles other other people witness this thing interesting here's a a good question are there by chance more teachers staff that witnessed this event that have not been interviewed yes so as far as we know the outside as far as i know i should say there there was one that did come forward and say she was actually on the playground and witnessed it. And was there more than her? Yes. So they were just afraid to, to talk about it. What was the deal? Um, well, yes, I think the headmaster at the time, uh, because it, it was all about the kids, right? The concern was about the kids. The parents were calling about the kids. Uh, the school did not want to draw much more attention to this than was necessary. And, and that, you know, the headmaster was the headmaster. If he told you not to talk about it, you didn't do it. And the, the, there were three witnesses, females, teachers that, that were in different locations at different times. And, you know, I've just kept that quiet because the fact that the kids saw this themselves is, is I thought was more important than that. Yeah. But that'll, I knew that it would come out and yeah. I, there's no question that's going to come out, but I don't think I needed to, um, I investigated it, wanted to do it in the film, but then again, I was like, you know what, how much can we have in this? And yeah. also I look forward to, <laughs> You know, what makes a film greater than when uh, witnesses after the fact that aren't even in the movie come forward, especially people that were at the school. But that exists. And whoever whoever um, asked that question, I'm sure they might have heard something recently. But, uh, yeah, it's true. Yeah. Well, I think it's always interesting to have cooperation from an adult when children are involved, you know, nothing against children. It's just that people seem to feel more comfortable if they, an adult would say, oh, yeah, well, the kids aren't all crazy, you know, that type of thing. I'm not saying in particular, this in particular, but in a lot of cases, this is just a compliment, I think, that it's always nice to see. It's not surprising that this took 15 years to have a finished product, especially done in the taste and pride and accuracy. So Thank you so much. Nice and that's not just me, that's my crew, that's everybody that was involved, and I appreciate that, and I'll pass that on. And have you ever thought about writing a book? You know, how about writing a book about doing the movie? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think there's, you know, there's only so much you can put in a film, so yeah, 
Uh, I think and that has been a discussion that happened last week, um, but I can't do everything. I'm, I'm already on a couple other projects and it's like, how am I going to do a book? You know what I mean? I'm going to have yeah. to get a ghostwriter. I yeah, can't. Ghostwriter. That's I can literally dictate the entire story because unfortunately it is not out of here yet. And I need space. So I'd love to get it all on a book because I know it, I know it for day for day, hour for hour since the beginning. So it's just a matter of how much time do I have um, and just sitting there and actually rolling camera uh, and then they can translate that onto a paper because I think there's so many stories I want to tell, you know, that you just don't, you can't put in an hour and 39 minute film. Someone wanted to know, getting back to that triangle that lifted up out of the water, they saw the light first. What, what was the... Um, approximate location of that that was just south of the port of durban so south africa Africa. Uh uh-huh and that location and i did interviews right there with these people which i hopefully i have will have the chance to publish that because uh i mean those are the kinds of things which i did a lot of that tell a lot about this story from different perspectives you know Mm -hmm. Mm mm-hmm Another one was these people were on a football field in South Africa and they all witnessed this thing come out of the sky and go into the ocean. And when I interviewed this guy, I interviewed the headmaster of this school. It was probably 300 miles south of Ariel. It was actually in South Africa, maybe 400 miles, Peter Maritzburg. And, um, And I interviewed him and he said, you're not, so there was already an agency here from the U.S. Really? Yeah. Jeez. And when he said that, I'm like, who, what? An agency from the U.S. that was, and he said, y'all know, they were very official. And I'm like, we don't investigate UFOs. This was back in 2008. We don't investigate UFOs. That's what I told him. He said, well, they were here. Amazing. That was interesting. Yeah. Anyway, I interviewed him and uh, it was in the papers at the time because so many people, the kids were out on the football field, the soccer, yeah, football in. um, uh, Yeah, they call it football when it's soccer, right? Or something. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Not sure if it was a rugby game or a football game, but it, uh, I know all that. I just can't remember off the top of my head. But, uh, and they all witnessed this thing in the sky and then they saw it just go underneath the water. Because their field was elevated and the ocean was just right there. Um, wow. But he also had everybody. There's a lot of witnesses to that thing. Um, but so funny. There's so many stories and so many people don't even know about them. You know? Yeah. Oh, I know. I, I love I love that. Uh, and that's like one of the things I want to expand on more is getting more of those stories. I, I I've asked my and I'll, I'll throw this out there again. If you're listening to the show, you may or may not have had a UFO encounter of your own. And I'm always interested in talking to someone if they had a very unusual encounter. If you want to email me at martin at podcastufo.com. I put up a couple of clips that people absolutely love, you know, of uh, their encounters that they had. So, um, yeah, um, I just talked to you first on the phone and figure out if it's something I want to put up on this uh, YouTube channel and podcast. So, 
But uh, Randall, thank you so much. It's been a real pleasure. And maybe I'll see you uh, this Thursday. We'll see. Yeah, that would be that would be great. And I yeah. appreciate appreciate the time and uh, appreciate the honesty. Yes. And thank you so much for your hard work. It's been a real pleasure. And I'll if pass. I don't happen to see you Thursday, I'll see you out in uh, Phoenix. Yeah. In, uh, in October. Yeah. Great. Yeah. All right. You take care. And I'll talk to you soon. All right. Everyone, okay. Thanks so much. We'll be back next week um, with Laura McDonald. And that should be another interesting show. And thank you for tuning in. And remember to keep your eyes to the sky.